welcome to another episode of the B-Listers. You are listening to 88.1 FM, WBYC Radio. I am here with a lovely man, a new guest host, weighing at 145 pounds. He is six foot something. He is from, I don't know, he is a mystery. He's a mysterious man. He has a body made of steel, nail, and two by fours. Welcoming to the show, Caleb Keller. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a great experience. I have never been live on air before, so we'll see how this goes. We'll we'll see we'll see I'm I'm excited it's you know I've we've had guest hosts before we've had Salem on and uh, Salem if you're listening don't come back <laughs> um, no Salem was lovely we've always had good guest hosts uh, if you're wondering why we have a guest host it's because you know who and I won't say his name but I will because he should be called out right his name's John Anthony Dangler I love him but you know what why are you at Hershey Park you have a job to do here <laughs> see that's what you get for being a good boyfriend <laughs> you are the worst yeah no I hope they they have fun I hope they have a good time I'm glad that they're doing that I honestly thought about like having him uh, FaceTime like while he was on a roller coaster at Hershey Park that would be hilarious <laughs> just, you'd hear the wind just the... <laughs> just just say oh my god my phone <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I guess to start the show off, have you ever been wedgied before? I have never been wedgied before. I guess that was a perk of being homeschooled, you know, up until <laughs> high school. If you did get wedgied, that'd be even funny. The, yeah, by my mom. Yeah, my teacher. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, and, and even in high school, I was shocked at how little bullying uh, went on, at least for me. Coming in and being homeschooled, you think that everyone will bully you, but not really. It, it wasn't bad. What about you? You've been wedgied. I don't think so. I'd have to think more about it. So I'd like to think you weren't wedgied. Either that or whoever wedged you really, really failed. Or did such a good job that I don't remember anymore. (laughs) They really roughed me up that bad. Burned from your mind, yeah. (laughs) Oof. Uh, Yeah, have you ever administered a wedgie? No, never. I can't think of one reason outside of a cartoon. Have you ever overseen one? No. Have you ever seen one and just been like... That kid deserves it. I'm not <laughs> well, going to say okay, a single well, thing. <laughs> some some light, light bullying sometimes works, but I feel like a wedgie is never warranted. <laughs> you really, I, I can't think of too many things you can do to warrant one of those. That's fair. So we're all in agreement. <laughs> no right, wedgies. Right. Never been wedgied. Cool. Yeah. Hopefully I never see one. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> I go my whole life. If you get wedgied as a 21-year-old, <laughs> I'd be severely disappointed and confused as to what's happened, as to why. <laughs> I hope I have it coming then. I hope if that ever happens, I have it coming. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. So we had talked about topics before we came here. And we found a lot, a lot of crazy stuff that I'm, I'm frankly shocked. So there is a medium. I don't know her location. I, I, we tried looking and I couldn't find her. But the medium called Kathleen Roberts has claimed that she's apparently married to the ghost of Michael Jackson. And he, being Michael Jackson, uses her body to dance and eat cookies. See, that's not the craziest part of the story to me. The craziest part of the story, the one that I have trouble believing, is when she said that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. allegedly (laughs) officiated the ceremony when she was getting out of the bathtub. It was a star-studded wedding. Yeah, I mean, but... Everybody was there. Why why did she have to name-drop MLK in there? He he did nothing to deserve this. Was it MLK Jr. or or Sr.? I feel uh, like Sr. makes even... The is, article says junior. Okay, so at least yeah, that's wow. He he didn't deserve. I I have you know I have an easier time believing that Michael Jackson actually comes back and possesses her body <laughs> than the fact that MLK you know was cool with this and said yeah I want to be a part of this. Well, see what's even crazier is the fact that it wasn't just that MLK had been the affi- I can't even believe I'm taking this seriously, but it wasn't <laughs> even that it wasn't even that MLK came and officiated the, or the wedding. It was a matter of the fact that apparently the wedding was in a bathtub. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't think of another place to have it. I can't. I can't mean most private way you can have it. I mean, that's a good way to start your day. You know, you you take a bath, get clean, uh, get married to a <laughs> to ghost Michael Jackson. who comes back. And uh, of all the things to come back for, too, he he came back to dance and eat cookies. Those are probably a little further down than you know, <laughs> further down the importance. Right. They would not be on my top ten list of things. You know, I'd probably see family. You know, check in with the news, see see what's <laughs> going on in the world. But no, Michael Jackson just wants cookies. Apparently. Apparently. Well, the king of pop also apparently had uh, clairvoyantly proposed to her with a pink engagement ring. I don't know what that means. Does that mean that there was an actual physical engagement ring or she saw an engagement ring that he proposed to her with? Yeah, I mean, if she's psychic, right? If she's a medium, maybe there is no ring. Maybe she's the only one that can see it. (laughs) Can't imagine just like talking to people and walking around and then it's just like, yeah, this is my husband. You can't see him. He goes to another section of life. <laughs> like, you wouldn't know him. He goes to another school. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine actually explaining all of this to somebody and thinking that it's normal. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, furthermore, she believes that she is a reincarnation of Marilyn Monroe. That's, I mean, that's why Michael Jackson came back for her. Because... Yeah. And what's even crazier is she believes she's an incarnation of Marilyn Monroe because as she claims, she looks identical to Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Which, if you look up the two images, Images. Uh, they don't add up. No, very not true. <laughs> that also may be up there with the MLK stunt. I have trouble believing those two things more than anything. I, I can at least give her the benefit of the doubt with the MLK and with the Michael Jackson because with those two, you can't see them. There is no proof. She can say whatever she wants and there is no proof that say, for us to say that she's wrong. But we can look at her face and tell her that she does not look like Marilyn Monroe by any means. Absolutely. You know, spirituality, wonderful. I, you know, I think that's great. I think that she um, <laughs> is a little far gone, though, <laughs> I do have to say. But speaking of bathtubs, um, I'm kind of curious about this other thing you were talking about, about Myla Kunis and uh, Ashton Kutcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So apparently they were on a Dak Shepard and Monica Padman's podcast, uh, Armchair Expert. It says that they only bathe their kids when you can see dirt on them. And <laughs> to me, I don't know if that's correct. Cause... Well, what's even crazier is like I was looking more into it and there is evidence to back up what they say more than like other people that say it's gross. Well, yeah, but I see my thing is sweat. That's the problem. Because as an adult, I mean, OK, with kids, maybe it's OK, but. As an adult, like if you sweat that day, maybe get a shower, you know, if, you, if you're sweating really hard because, I mean, you're not going to see something that says, oh, I'm stinky. Like you're, you're going to know you're stinky. Yeah, exercise juice is definitely not, not something you want to have on, on you at all times. <laughs> yes, if you hit the gym three times a day, please shower afterwards. But also <laughs> you said that Jake Gyllenhaal um, actually came out like supporting them too. Every, everybody, like so many celebrities came out talking about how they're actually like in support of this not showering thing. They're like, I thought I was the only one. So there's a lot of them. How often are we talking? Like, do we do we have a, a reference? Yeah. So I believe that uh, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher said about like like three, four times a week. Three that, maybe. that doesn't sound unreasonable. Though. No, it doesn't sound terrible. They're, so they're just not daily showers. It's just not and daily. They're, they're getting slammed for that. Right. Wow. That's. I feel like that's actually kind of unfair. Well, what's crazy is like like the whole thing about their kids and stuff. They were saying like uh, uh, the uh, American Academy of Dermatology Association. They had said that kids from ages six to eleven they don't really need to bathe daily, but should at least bathe twice a week. 
<laughs> See, and I would also agree with that, though, because, like I said, kids aren't, they're not sweating as much. They don't have, you know, as much reason unless, you know, little Johnny just rolled around in mud. Which yeah. typically does happen. Little, little Johnny does get Little out. Johnny's yeah. a dirty little grub ball. No one watches him. <laughs> no one watches, little Johnny's unsupervised at all times. <laughs> he may be the, the least loved child, but we will, we will never outright say that. Oh, I meant to mention too, uh, did you hear about, there's apparently all sorts of new information that's leaked about uh, Mike Tyson. And oh, yeah. now, yeah, oh yeah, Mike Tyson, apparently people figured out that he once offered a zookeeper $10,000 uh, to let him fight a silverback gorilla in a zoo. <laughs> See, okay, Mike Tyson, I have a lot of faith in you. You're a scary man. I, w- I would never want to be in a ring with you, but the gorilla is going to win. I mean, gorillas, they're just pure muscle. Their brain can tap into more of that muscle. They, oof, he would have died that day, I think. I think it's unfair to, to the gorilla. I yeah. feel like the gorilla could lose <laughs> you think i kind of your do. money's on mike tyson my money's on the gorilla mike tyson's crazy Gor- gorillas just have animal instincts mike tyson just is like pure rage embodied in a person <laughs> yeah the fighter mike tyson oh yeah it's interesting to see him now talk about that because i mean like i don't know if you've seen but there are podcasts or interviews he does where he starts crying talking about like when he was in the ring he's like that person was a whole other person i never wanted to come out he's like i still have trouble like repressing that person who i was in the ring and yeah he bit someone's ear off he did yeah and to him it was like he had no choice he said he was a scared little boy every time he got in the ring and he was like it was just i don't know he, he regrets all of that it's really neat to see that i don't know character development throughout his entire life well it was funny because the ten thousand dollar offer was like as he was already at the zoo he had made the offer while he had rented the zoo out for him and his wife at the time <laughs> <laughs> so like, I can't imagine you're like you do this romantic thing as like renting out an entire zoo and then you're just like I wonder what would make this date better well you see people say chivalry is dead but I mean he was literally willing to fight a gorilla to you know to show her how manly he is exactly <laughs> he was he was willing to go all the way I, I respect that I respect that I don't know if I would fight a gorilla for a woman because I would not survive <laughs> but if you're listening in right now please let me know if you would be willing to fight a gorilla for lady love or man love any kind of love <laughs> i'd be curious to see if someone would be willing to fight a gorilla for their significant other we can make it happen i don't know i don't know if uh if they didn't accept ten thousand. i don't know what they would accept but i'll, I'll make it interesting too you wouldn't die <laughs> you definitely wouldn't die they would pull you out before you died but anything else is on the table so like broken limbs crushed lungs <laughs> all that's fine but you just wouldn't die what would you feel? Audience, what do you feel? And let me know on our Instagram page or text me. I would love to know your opinion on that. I want to know how much you love your girlfriend. And if you're if you're with your girlfriend right now listening, then you you better either walk away from her if you're not answering correctly or just drive away. <laughs> Hopefully we get some get some replies to it. If people are up for this, I really think uh we should do it live on air. Um, describe describe the gorilla fight <laughs> describe the gorilla like we just make the hypothetical gorilla like scenario yeah. see it'd be great if we could get um john anthony to we could find like a really buff dude and we have him dress in a gorilla costume oh wow <laughs> and we have john anthony wrestling by the campus fountain too put on, put on a whole show that'd be great that would be pretty good if you want to see that happen please let me know i'll do it too i don't care jay doesn't get a choice john anthony has no jay has to do it regardless um so yeah if you were looking at this at my social media today you will uh have seen that me and caleb were watching a show that i'd heard about and i didn't want to look at it but i also kind of did i was (laughs) nicole just texted me and said would you fight a gorilla for me (laughs) yes yes sweetheart i would absolutely as long as i didn't die because i feel like if i died that defeats the point 
because then I'm gone anyway. Then she's just asking if you would die for her. Right, which is like I would. But you just said no. Well, but I would if I had to. <laughs> I would if I had to die for her. But like if I had to, if if a gorilla were coming at her and it wasn't just like fight a gorilla for my love. Okay. If a if there was a situation, let's say we both fall into a zoo, a gorilla pit. I I would have no qualm. That never has happened <laughs> in the mad. history. People don't fall in gorilla pits, dude. <laughs> I would have no qualms about stepping in front of that gorilla for her. Now, we'll both probably still die. <laughs> a gorilla would rip me to shreds. Gorillas win every fight. I don't care what anyone says. I Not yeah. Mike Tyson, though. Mike, Mike Tyson. Okay. <laughs> not dude, dude, Mike Tyson. Maybe like three Mike Tysons could take out <laughs> a gorilla. I could see that. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so today, if you're looking at social media, I was actually watching uh, the Paris Hilton cooking show called Cooking with Paris. And oh boy. Yeah, it simultaneously impressed me, yet disappointed me at the same time. <laughs> it was, like, one of the most entertaining things I'd ever watched for, like, all of the worst reasons. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, like I was saying earlier, I, I don't think that Paris was in on the joke um, that she <laughs> just can't cook. Who who was it uh, that she was with uh, when she, is it Saweetie, and they dropped, like, half the part of the salt shaker into, <laughs> oh, yeah. into the blender yeah they they didn't even drop like yeah they dropped like the lid to the salt shaker in the blender and just kept it going and by the time they're done there's smoke pouring out of the food <laughs> in the blender and they still ate it they completely fried it yeah i thought gosh. it was we thought it was steam at first and then we were like no that's like genuine smoke like that definitely tastes like metal now they burnt through a blender on live television no one told them to stop no but one, one interesting thing too is you find out a little bit about paris hilton but not much because everything that needs to be known about paris hilton is already kind of out there you kind of already know everything i mean she doesn't say much there's not much to her to begin with no the, the one thing i found interesting uh, her dog's name is uh baby love the scary one yeah the, the one that looks like a little chewbacca raccoon <laughs> thing oh i hate that one yeah his name is officially uh baby love and i thought it was like a joke and that's what she called him she's like oh, come here baby love. but no that's actually his name <laughs> like it's in capital letters and everything <laughs> I just, um, oh, she has so many dogs too. I like to think that like if a dog ever like acts out, she just replaces it. She like she has like a a service like where you rent out video games where she's like I I don't like this one anymore. I'm gonna get another one. Just keeps <laughs> keeps filing them through. Well, what makes her even more entertaining is just like Paris Hilton in anything she's in. Watching her, she just looks like she never wants to have been a part of this in the first place. <laughs> like, no, she's not there all the time. Like she's just—I don't know. I don't know where her head is, but it's not in reality. It's not. And I love just just hearing her voice, just hearing what she says in the nonchalantness. Like one of the lines was "Buen provecho." That's bon appetit in espanol. It's <laughs> like, oh god. Keep in mind, like this isn't her just looking into the camera saying this. Like they they did a whole bit on it where they like put the bright pink font on the TV and had like an ambiance. Yeah, it's basically a title sequence. Yes. That leads into the next like bit and it it was not great but the one thing that bothers me the most is it's like all of it is unintentionally funny and people need to be watching the show. It's like unintentionally funny because when the guest star and Paris Hilton try to be funny it's not funny but when they're just screwing up on the show it's awesome yes their conversations are so disappointing Demi Lovato laughed at uh what did what did Paris even say Paris she was like how do you know how to do that she was like Google and Demi Lovato thought it was the funniest thing in the world like they <laughs> laughed for like five minutes about that <laughs> and we looked at each other like that's just that's, that not, all right. that's not good TV <laughs> well, it was it's funny because Paris Hilton like if you like pay attention to every single guest she has all of the conversations just deviate into have you ever been here 
And it's like an exotic location. Like, have you ever been to Ibiza? Yes, Ibiza was mentioned at least like seven yeah, times. Yeah, and then they'll be like, no or yes. And regardless, it's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. It's so beautiful. Or who, <laughs> the one uh, YouTuber mentioned uh, Rio, like to name her child. Because she's like, I just, I can't think of too many places to, yeah, I can name my child after. Yeah, she wanted to name all her kids after cities. It's like, well, just because you're named after a city, Paris, doesn't mean everyone, all your kids should be that. Yeah, it doesn't need to be that way. But then she mentioned Rio and Paris like did a back. She's like, oh my gosh, I didn't like know Rio was a thing. It's like, well, Paris, you, you could you could Google that maybe. Well, Paris, you also <laughs> didn't know what a blender was when you had Kim Kardashian on. <laughs> well, what were the two items they couldn't, it was, uh, they couldn't it, figure out? It could not have been any further from a blender. They couldn't dis- they decide whether an electric mixer or a blender was a blender. <laughs> so they were like looking between the two. They're like, is that a blender? That's a blender. Blender, blender, blender was like literally what they said. I still don't get how these people... I, I, Paris Hilton, I feel like I feel like she's never read a book. I don't know if she knows how. <laughs> there was just so many things that were said that just made me laugh so hard about everything. It is fantastic. I mean, like, if you like TLC shows, I think it's a fantastic show. Well, speaking of uh, celebrities, too, uh, CNMA. Oh, uh, uh, very not cool. You definitely know a lot more about that one than I do. I only know the bare minimum, and the bare minimum is terrible. There's a, a young TikToker, CNMA Gomez, who actually uh, built her brand around body positivity and she was accused of you know sexual assault against her ex-boyfriend jack wright and there's actually a video it's not okay no of course not <laughs> yeah no and definitely can get you canceled or i mean at least and then just blacklisted at most <laughs> from at, anything <laughs> as it should as it should but um ironically it didn't really you know phase her and after you know denying the claims for a long period of time she decided to come back and do an interpretive dance um <laughs> <laughs> to clear this all up. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I do. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the interpretive dance is where uh, she said that uh, God put her here to create content. Um, she is a creator. So <laughs> deny, deny, deny. Run away for about a month. Come back. Do an interpretive dance. People will accept you with open arms. Uh, no accountability. Just keep moving forward. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure she lost sponsorships. At least I hope she did. But she still gets millions of views. Um, which makes me think that largely, you know, like children are fueling, you know, TikTok and YouTube. And otherwise, of course, like even like Logan Paul, I don't think he would have ever rebounded from no, his I'm, whole we, we had talked about that too, and I'm shocked in general. <laughs> See, but l- at least Logan, who do, did the whole, you know, Japanese, you know. Right. Forest very bad incident <laughs> um he at least like went on that righteous path like he like said okay i made a horrible mistake and i'm gonna do everything i can to be a good human being afterwards but yeah like, this, regardless this girl, of the genuine genuinity about it it's at least it's said right right but she just going just denied it and i think that she's just gonna be fine like she's probably gonna blow up give her another year and i don't know that's pretty wild to me not not a huge fan not, not a big not a, and it's just so funny because like the interpretive dance isn't great <laughs> it's just random it just doesn't make sense and it's so funny because they do it like a dream as if it was like best way to describe it is if it was a very dramatic slam poetry reading you're absolutely right because i don't think she's a dancer to begin with as far i don't i mean i don't know too much but it's not like she's like charlie i don't even know how to say her name. yeah who is a dancer i think that she just came back and decided to learn to dance no it was very it was very odd because she just is I think it's even funnier because she does the interpretive dance over her saying these things. <laughs> so then it's like, God, God put me on this earth to create content. And then you just see her doing like kickball chain, like plie, <laughs> like just across the dance floor. It's like, what is happening? It's, what are you doing? It's like an empty studio with all these windows too. It's Well, my, 
I just can't believe that when she talked to, I'm sure she has agents. I'm sure she has PR agents. I'm just shocked that when she talked to them, she was like, I think the best way to clear this up would be through the power of dance. Dance I'm just shocked. Yeah. So she watched Footloose one too many times, <laughs> I think. I'm, yeah, too, too many people outlawed dance in her family in town, and now she needs to bring it back. <laughs> Oh, not not the way to handle big real life situations at all. Well, she was like, uh, like I just can't imagine that an agent sat there and said, "I think this is the answer. I think this is how we put you right back on track." I think the the, the only way to fix that is go through it, admit fault, try to make amends. Um, that'll never make it right, but at least you're trying. At least you're trying. Yeah, and she didn't. She didn't try. She so. did. <laughs> and there are a lot of new albums coming out lately a lot of a lot of drama on the scene <laughs> and i love the drama because it's my two favorite like drama queens in rap <laughs> <laughs> of course he's referring to uh, kanye west and drake um as a lot of people already know kanye apparently uh leaked... don't like drake <laughs> yeah yeah they're not big fans um i think it's a two-way street apparently uh kanye west was a role model for drake at one point in time believe yeah. it or not and at one point, all I know, I don't know too many details, but I know uh, Drake was dating uh, Kanye's ex-girlfriend two months after she dated Kanye West. So, I mean, not very cash money of him. What, well, what's so funny, though, is it's like, to me, it's just Drake doesn't care. <laughs> like, Drake doesn't care as much about this rivalry as, like, Kanye West does. It reminds me of, like, if you if you play Pokemon, and it's, like, your, your rival in Pokemon. You don't really care about your rival. Your rival is obsessed with you. He finds you everywhere. He finds you everywhere, and he just wants to make your life miserable. Whereas, like, you're just trying to get to the Elite Four. You're trying to get those gym badges. You just want to get, it, get in, get out, and be done. That's you got your thing. Pikachu, you got your Charizard, you got all that good stuff. And whatever the new gen Pokemon are, there's all sorts of weird stuff there that I don't like. It's the kid <laughs> kid with crazy hair who doesn't leave you alone. I think that's exactly what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, Drake is literally like the Pokemon trainer, whereas Kanye is your rival. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kanye West is not someone you want to make enemies with. Apparently, uh, he leaked Drake's uh, Toronto home address to the public. Um, and then there was... <laughs> Honestly, if you're if you're gonna trash talk and you're gonna be a jerk, that's a pretty funny way to do it. It's kind of hilarious. Apparently, it was on Instagram too, of all things. Kanye <laughs> oh West God. leaking a home address on Instagram. There's gotta be um, something. I wish that there was something illegal about that. Well, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would imagine it is, but I guess people like him are above the law, right? Uh, but of course, Drake and actually. Now Donda came out. No one really wants to arrest him. <laughs> that's <laughs> absolutely right. Uh, but that now that Drake, um, uh, I guess he responded like you said, he didn't care as much. He literally put the bridal. <laughs> in the name of one of his songs on his new album so he put his home address in the name of his song kind of mocking him and then he called kanye desperate and fame hungry and basically asked him to meet in person about this feud in that song so <laughs> drake he's definitely taking the higher road whereas kanye put up billboard promotions for his new album right next to drake's in the streets of toronto which again is drake's hometown um and it appears that like west's billboards outnumbered and towered over drake's promotional material so he's just he's obsessed dude like you said very obsessed i mean this this goes far back i mean this isn't even just like recently i mean this goes years ago like one of the things and that's why i really appreciate like being friends with you because it's so odd because i feel like we definitely don't look like we have the tastes that we do in music <laughs> <laughs> just like two very normal looking white kids and we're into all these different like genres and you would just think that we listen to pop <laughs> like, yeah yeah looking at me you you would think uh very bland very boring <laughs> yeah. um 
But you know, I listen to a little bit of everything. I don't know. I'm I'm not a huge fan of like dubstep or screamo. I'm not um, either. Those aren't music to me. But outside of that, I'll listen to pretty much everything. Yeah, and that's why I appreciate like you and me being friends because like stuff like this we always like talk about and usually see eye to eye on. Going back to like the rivalry and the feud, it's crazy because uh I remember when the rivalry was like we're talking like years ago, maybe three, four, five years ago. It was a while. And there was a beat that Drake had wanted. And there was a bidding war for the beat for one of the songs. Kanye West swooped in and outbid Drake. <laughs> and uh, when he outbid Drake, he bought the song. So he bought the beat. And then if anyone's heard, I'm sure everyone's heard, the notorious song's like, scoop diddy whoop, whoop, scoop, poop, whoop diddy poop. If anyone's heard that, if not, please listen to it. It's really funny and it's really just stupid and dumb. But... Knowing the context behind it is even better. So the reason why the song sounds like that is because that was just Kanye's way of buying the beat off of Drake and saying, screw you, I'm going to turn this beat into nothing just to show you that I can do what I want. The irony is that it still blew up and, and probably still, still blew a ton of money. I'm sure it brought in a ton of money. He purposely went out of his way to make it bad just to like kind of crap on Drake. And it ended up even crapping on Drake more because it's still was a hit <laughs> i mean the everything he touches i guess it, it still had a good tune to it if we're being honest like it still was pretty pretty funny um we should also bring up jimmy <laughs> good old jim jim good old jimmy so yeah <laughs> uh so we don't really know this guy but my girlfriend apparently does and she had kind of brought up to me last time we all talked about the album that apparently one of her friends actually has I guess maybe ground to stand on. Probably not. More than likely not. But apparently one of her friends is named Jimmy. Uh, his name on Spotify is like Just J, J-U-S-J. He claims that Drake actually stole some of his song lyrics for one of his songs. And I think it was Love Always. That sounds right. Something to do with love. Yeah, Just J's song was uh, Hellcat. And he believes that uh, Drake stole it for his song, Love Always. And honestly, if you put them next to each other, they are identical. The yeah. lyrics line up the exact same. There's a ton of matchup. It's not like a whole minute of a song, of course. But it's enough to say that like there's maybe some copyright there. Yeah, well, I mean, copyright is a tricky thing because you can take words... You can take anything because words aren't copywritten. So he could uh, technically have taken the lyrics if he wanted to. So it's just kind of a shameful thing then. Well, but that's the thing. Where it becomes copyright issued is where you start to have the same melodies and the chords. That is copyright infringement because that is more creative and you can put a label on that and get in trouble for stealing chords and music. See, I don't think the melodies were lining up though. They, uh, it sounded like... So they did in the sense of like Drake's Drake's lined up, but it was an octave lower. Right. So I don't know how that works. It could. You could have a, some ground to stand on. The chords definitely didn't. But then there's also a rumor that Drake's album leaked, I know, way back, when, what, like March or eight months ago or something like that? Correct. So a lot of... So we all were talking and thinking maybe this, this guy, Jim, me found it when it leaked before it got taken off found the lyrics wrote them down and then um <laughs> jonathan said lmao get drake canceled <laughs> <laughs> 
we're working on it. We're working on it. Oh, oh, interesting. So he's texting and saying that there's so many songs that he's made that so happen in quotes, so happen to sound like others. I've never been a huge Drake fan. I, I think either. he's always pretended to be hard, but in reality, you know, he's never. Snoop Dogg is way harder than Jay, him. Jay's going all out. Jay said, but he's just untalented and not original. <laughs> Man, I I honestly don't. I feel like I feel like there are better rappers out there. And like you said, I feel like Snoop Dogg. I mean, Snoop Dogg's a little older of an example, but I mean, there's so many un, like not underground but underrated rappers. Like, I mean, he's kind of blown up a lot now, but he's definitely not on the level of Drake. But I like Hoodie Allen. Oh, yeah. Hoodie Allen's fantastic. I think Hoodie Allen's one of the best. Immensely more talented, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at, uh, um, I mean, I guess he kind of counts and doesn't count, but Black Bear. I mean, Black Bear's got some really good stuff, and Black Bear especially works with a lot of rappers and helps write the lyrics with them. Honestly, even look at uh, Amine, the dude uh, who sings Caroline. Like, Caroline. Oh, he has great songs. It's oh, not even fantastic. just that. Yeah. And I guess a, a part of it, too, is that Drake may benefit from this rivalry, too. I mean, bad press is still press, and Kanye West knows that. I mean, Kanye does not care what people think. He's done some really awful things, and look at him now. He's on his way to hitting the top of the charts for, you know, how many times now. So I guess it all it all comes full circle. This is all just the way that works. Yeah, well, I mean, I I feel like this guy, Jimmy, definitely has some ground to stand on because, again, yes, the melodies are technically different, but they're technically not because it's just an octave dropped. The actual way that the notes are formed and they progress are the exact same. So it could, you could make the argument, like for example, in the whole situation with, um, if you remember the Katy Perry Dark Horse. Oh yeah, yeah. That wasn't because of lyrics and stuff. That was solely because of music. That's the way it the should music, be. The music, right. And the same thing with um the Robin Thicke and Bob Marley scandal. Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines was taken directly from Bob Marley, which I also think that's the case. I think that absolutely did happen. So many new songs sample, um, but it's whether you actually bought the rights to A sample. lot of samples and a lot of dum-dums that don't know how to use samples. I mean, <laughs> perfect example of how to use it perfectly and be awesome doing it is Mac Miller. Oh, yeah. Look at Mac Miller did Blue World. Mac Miller is even more creative to me because other people stole current songs. Mac Miller took a song from like the 1930s or 40s. It had to have been because it was a black and white movie. And he took it and turned it into a rap song. I mean, I don't care if you're, you know, like my uncle who's a very like, oh, music's not the same way it is today. I, I understand. I totally get that argument. But you can't tell me that taking a sample from the 1930s and turning it into what Mac Miller turned it into isn't kind of art and creative in some way. Oh, no, it's it's very... And I think that song is awesome, too. Like, playing that on some really loud speakers, it sounds really good, too. Oh, yeah. Everything's stolen to me to some degree. Oh, a lot of Shakespeare plays were taken from other plays that he had been, been to or watched as a kid or seen. Even Kanye West has uh, stolen from Rocket Man. I mean, well, not stolen. I Rocket think he Man, actually... like Elton John? Yeah, Elton John. He has an Elton John uh, melody. I could be mistaken on this of course please don't quote me this is out there forever um but no i do believe uh he took an elton john melody for one of his older albums and it worked really really well oh yeah john anthony was also saying uh vince staples doesn't get enough recognition as a rapper and i agree yeah i think, many... I think vince staples is a great rapper yeah so elton john someone saved my life was sampled by kanye west uh for his song good morning and, and it works out really nice it's to the point where people don't recognize it too oh oh is that the is that the part that Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Wow. See, it blows, blows your mind. All these all these new songs are sampling. 
just whether you're doing it legally. It's like writing a paper. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, is like Kanye can't hit those notes like that. Like if, if you've ever heard him try to do Bohemian Rhapsody. Mama, <laughs> just killed a man. Did he actually? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, God. If Guys, if you have not seen this, I uh, really, I kind of hope you haven't, but also do. Please watch it. Put a gun against his head. <laughs> Stop inflating this man's head. Oh, he, man. He is talented, but not not like that. He's, he's no, it was break. bad. It was so bad. I'm um, speaking of, uh, I guess, music, though, too. Billie Eilish, uh, you, were, you were mentioning her take on body issues in her new album. Yeah, so... The, so... <sighs> This topic always I've I've been touchy to talk about and not really know how to like kind of go into it. I understand people's argument of Billy seems like she's possibly I guess flipped on a dime and now she is sold out to do what sells. But here's my argument to that. I think look at the bigger picture and you look at Billy as a young woman who's kind of coming to her own now. I think there she was at an age where she didn't want to be sexualized and looked at in that way. And she didn't trust that not just men, because I don't think it's men that just um, look at someone's body and sexualizes. I think it's men and women, both for both genders and for any kind of sexuality. I think it's, it's, pre it's present anywhere in any kind of sexuality or gender. And I think I just feel that she just wasn't comfortable because she didn't trust that that wasn't going to happen. And I think after how she's been treated since she came into the industry by a lot of good people, a lot of people that she's trusted, you know, she's had her brother there 24 seven at her side, helping her out with stuff. I think she's kind of came into a point now where she's comfortable to open that up and comfortable to talk about that stuff. The thing is, it's like, yes, the photo shoot that she did for Vogue, where it's her wearing like lingerie, it's really not as, oh my God, out there and sexy and showy as people think. No, I, th I think I've seen it and it's not as provocative as people made it out to be. I don't think it's a negative thing at all. I mean, granted, she's still young. I mean, she's only, what, 19? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't think that it's as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. And like you said, I mean, she's been working with her brother the whole time. She's not really just like a one-person team. Um, My little sister actually told me yesterday that Phineas, I think is her brother's name, mm -hmm. actually writes most of her songs and everything, yeah. too. So, it's like, it's like a team effort. And she didn't want to just be the face of it, too, where, again, people... I don't know. In Hollywood, people are not so kind. Everyone's looking at you making, I don't know, they're making claims off you based on the way you look. So she said, I don't want to do that. And I won't do that for a long period of time. But I, I mean, at some point it, got, it has to get tiring to wear baggy clothes every time you leave your house. Leaving your house, yeah. you know, when you're famous is hard enough as is. And like, like I said, I think it's, it's to me, it's just looking at this girl who has gone from being a girl to now she, she, whether you think so or not, or anyone else believes so or not, I think she thinks that she has gone from a girl to a woman. And now she is starting to act more adult and mature. So she's able to now feel like it's comfortable to tackle adult and mature themes, such as, I guess, sexuality, you know, showing more skin, nudity, and you don't have to do that stuff. But again, if you're not going to discredit other people for doing it, you can't really discredit her. And to me, again, Billie Eilish, when she came out with stuff, was one of the most successful artists of the last two, three years that she's been putting out music. So the fact that she's selling out when she already has a lot to begin with, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying that she's... I, now, 
if you want to make the argument that she's changing her music to sell out, like that's a different argument. That's an argument that can easily, I think, be made on both sides. But if you're going to try and say that just her doing this one photo shoot is her just selling out, I think that's just dead wrong. I don't think it's selling out at all. I mean, that's the thing is once you've made that much money to begin with, you can always just walk away. I mean, like what, two and a half million dollars, three million dollars these days is probably enough to be set for the rest of your life. <laughs> I don't think she's losing money by any means, Mm -mm. so I don't think it's a money thing. I think it's literally, this is who I am, Right, and and I'm going to be comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, and what she was doing before worked. Like, she was getting a lot of notoriety, like, not notoriety, but she was getting a lot of fame, popularity because of that. So why would you ever want to change that brand unless that's really something that you feel is important to you as a person? So absolutely, and if she crossed any lines, I mean, Disney Plus wouldn't have signed her new concert. True. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's a good point, too. It's it's just the way it is. I don't know. People freak out over the wrong reasons these days. People are looking for excuses too. Well, speaking of that, you know, we haven't even talked about the the new big revelation in the whole uh, little Nas X bloody shoes that he was selling. Because me and Jay had talked about that last season. Uh, I think it was just our second episode. And now he's back in the news for the bloody sneakers. But now there's a little bit a little bit of a twist on it. Now Tony Hawk has released a brand spanking new line of limited edition skateboards that get this have his blood mixed in with the red paint that is on the skateboards oh boy um (laughs) so did we ever conclusively find out whether that was lil nas x blood or even human blood at all in the nikes so it was that's what's even crazier because it wasn't lil nas x's it was the employees that customized the shoes oh i don't know how i feel about that it was their blood oh that's what i had read and that, that's what a lot of sources had told me, was that it was their blood. So it's their signature. Yes. Uh, so, but this is, Tony Hawk is actually claiming that this is his blood. It's oh, blood. It, it shows it. That's what's even crazier because everyone freaked out because it was the blood little Nas X. Sure. But now people aren't even talking about the fact that Tony Hawk has released 100 skateboards that have his blood. The shoes are different because the blood is encased in the shoes. Yeah, so you're never going to step on it or it's not, you're not going to touch it directly. The skateboards, they literally, the commercial for the skateboards, I like, I squirm just talking about and thinking about it. It's Tony Hawk sitting in a room by himself. Well, not by himself. There's someone else right next to him. He's in a room and someone's taking his blood and they literally show you like put, they showed you like putting the needle in him and actually like taking the blood. And then he explains like why he's doing it. And they, like, he is doing it for a good cause. Like to each their own, that's awesome. You should be doing that kind of stuff. If you're going to do something this out there, then yeah, you should be <laughs> giving it to other people rather than just yourself. So yeah, he, the whole commercial was just taking the blood out, which was gross, icky. And then he ended up, uh, then it shows them actually like pushing the the syringe into the bucket. Uh, like they take the syringe and squirt it into the bucket. Oh man. Like the blood. And then it shows them mixing the blood and then painting it on the skateboard. See, we're, we're very far in genetics research. I think we're further than people give us credit for. Um, it is possible to take his uh, genetic code um, from blood. And make other Tony Hawks. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because, I mean, that's all you need. I mean, I think everyone wakes up in the morning like, you know what? We could use two of them. More Tony Hawks. <laughs> More Tony One Hawks. without a broken nose. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, yeah, that's, uh, I would never, ever, ever share my DNA like that. I mean, I guess, like you said, it's for a good cause. Is he raising money for charity or something like that? Yeah, or? I believe it was for some kind of uh, illness. Okay. All right. I respect that. Maybe I would share my DNA with the world. Yeah. Um, for that reason. Well, Little Nas X is upset because he's saying, you know, 
everybody made such a big deal and it was i mean it was like big deal is putting it very nicely i mean it was a ginormous like it completely broke the internet when he did this i think that though nas has a point where he says you know let's just let's be honest and say you guys never had a problem with it with the blood you had a problem with the race of the person who was giving the blood oh see i hmm. my my big thing right here is why do we have laws in place to stop people from selling their bodily fluids like i guess not you would think that someone would have stopped this before it started well i feel like if there's anyone that broke the law more it'd be tony hawk yeah because i mean tony hawk literally i mean you can touch it like you can touch the blood on the skateboard granted it's dried um it won't do much but still yeah, yeah. but with Lil nas it's in a capsule what if the capsule breaks right but i mean I, I guess the way i look at it is it's like if the capsule breaks it's your it's on your shoe and it's the very bottom so it's the sole so it's not like if you know even if it were to break which typically they never do but even if it were to break it's like it's not going to get anywhere but like the board it's you touch it you're absolutely right yeah i don't know i this this is a problem that shouldn't be a problem i don't know <laughs> yeah. Who who PR who PR'd this? Who did this? Well, that's that's the thing though. Like, I feel like it's perfect PR because it sounds like bad idea, but it, like you said earlier, you know, any press is good press. And Little Nas right now, that's his main marketing campaign. Is he thrives off of the controversy? He doesn't need the controversy. He's doing fantastic. I mean, this is well. Little Nas was doing good. Yeah, he was doing good, and then Montero came out, and then because of the controversy, Montero. Then he was doing fantastic. So he's doing this on purpose. Chances are Lil Nas doesn't even believe this is exactly. racism or anything like that. But if he brings that word into it. I think he maybe. does. You, I think you he, think, wow. I think he definitely does. I think that was the whole point of doing it. Oh, wow. Because I think he was trying to show that they were trying to keep somebody like him under. Because I don't even think it was going further with it. I don't even think it was necessarily race. I think it easily could have been sexuality mixed with his race. Because I, I think he is very, very, he will absolutely let you know that he is gay. 100%. You can tell. You know, and I think a lot of people aren't okay with that. Me and you are. Me and you are totally fine with it. In my eyes, that kind of stuff is awesome to see, especially in music. But a lot of people aren't okay with that. And that's kind of what he was alluding to a lot of the time. But I, yeah. I still think we need to go back in time a minute and put in some uh, some precautions here. Don't sell don't sell your body parts. No. Um, I think that's a good standard to have. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's something that you need. You need your blood. I'm sorry. That's just <laughs> a, little, a little crazy. Yeah, a little crazy. But uh. Well, that about does it for the first show of the B-Listers with Caleb Keller. Thank you once again for having me. I appreciate it. I had so much fun. Um, and hopefully I'll be back one day. Who knows? Oh, absolutely. I had, I had a blast. It was definitely pretty good to be able to go back and forth. It's always a breath of fresh air to just have somebody else rather than just me and Jay. Because it sucks because of COVID, we're kind of limited to just being the two of us. And we want to have more people in the studio. And I, I love having Jay as my co-host too much to restrict him to zoom but yeah so if there's anything else you got to say to the people you haven't been wedgied i haven't been wedgied never ever hopefully for the rest of my life never ever and if there's anything you can take away from this conversation it's you know don't wedgie people don't get wedgie don't let yourself get wedgied and don't steal people's songs and, and do listen, pee pee poo poo whatever you want to them like kanye west did listen to the new imagine dragon album highly recommend fantastic that on top of everything else um, and have a great day, I guess. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Well, you will. Hopefully you'll be back. We'll see. We'll see where things go. But I am Austin Winkler. I'm Caleb Keller. And this is the B-Listers, and we are out. Out.